to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. Well, hello there. What is up, athletes? Welcome to this week's episode. So before I dive into what I want to talk about for the bulk of the episode, I need to share with you what happened at the pool this morning. So today is Thursday. I generally record most podcasts on Thursdays each week. And on Monday of this week, when I went to swim, um, we were notified the pool would be closed on Wednesday for maintenance. And getting in the pool... I noticed that it was colder than normal. And then on Tuesday morning, I noticed that it was even colder than Monday. Now, I used to hate cold water. I would proudly reject the idea of ice baths and cold showers. I used to say, I don't do cold water. That was until I realized that sometimes I'll have to race in cold water. Actually, it ended up happening way more often than I thought it would. And over the last several years, I've been slowly changing let's say changing my relationship with cold water. I don't love it. And I most definitely do not seek it out. But I no longer, let's say, paint the picture of cold water being the worst thing. Because for a long time, that's exactly what I did. And obviously, obviously, there are things in the world that are far more difficult to handle than cold water. But I held that opinion for so long that it was the worst and really worked to prove it true and avoided anything that would change that opinion. Until it was time to change my mind and stop fighting against cold water. Okay, so back to the pool. On Tuesday, it was colder than Monday, and I was shivering for a lot of my session. It took me a bit to warm up, and then in between sets, I'd get cold, and I thought, really, any colder than this, I might swim in my wetsuit. So then on Thursday, today, I get to the pool, and when Jeremy, our head lifeguard, opens the door, he says that the water temperature is 76 degrees. And for reference, our pool hangs out somewhere around like 82 to 84 degrees. So it was cold for a pool, right? Like obviously open water is very often colder than that, especially I live in Bozeman, Montana. Our reservoir doesn't really warm up past like maybe 65 all year. It's not really any warmer than 65. But for a pool, and for what I'm used to, that's generally cold. And I had a choice to make, wetsuit or no wetsuit, right? There's always the choice in like the gear that we bring and how we show up because the choice was not to not swim or to swim. It was maybe I wear my wetsuit because I thought about that on a Tuesday morning. And for six minutes, I went back and forth on whether to go home and grab my wetsuit. Six minutes where I spent questioning whether it was worth it or if I should just suck it up. Six minutes when I was crowdsourcing other people's opinions of what I should do asking them to tell me what to do, but really to validate what I really wanted, which was to swim in a wetsuit. So then I made the choice. I went home and I got my wetsuit. I swam in it the whole time and I knocked out a great swim. And the reason this is important, the reason I'm sharing this on the podcast is it's a fantastic example of mental endurance. And that's because I knew as soon as Jeremy said the temperature that I would be better off in a wetsuit. Not because I couldn't swim in colder water, but because it wasn't the best choice for me on that day. Today in that swim was not about harden the fuck up, which by the way, I hate that expression with a passion. 
It wasn't just about overcoming something I didn't want to do. Today was about getting the most out of that particular swim session, which I would not have been able to do had I been wasting energy physically and mentally keeping myself warm. Because obviously it was a swim session, so it wasn't like an entirely uh, race pace session, like if I were swimming in open water in a race in colder water. So I knew that, yet I crowdsourced other people's opinions anyway. I wanted them to tell me I was making the right choice. I wanted them to agree with me. Yet when we do that, when we crowdsource for opinions, it's because we're not trusting our own judgment. We're not trusting ourselves that the choice we make is the best for us in that moment. But if you really want to get that edge mentally, like really get it, the anchor of it all, literally all of it is trust. And trust shows up most when you stop needing to look outside of yourself. When you know everything you really need, especially when it comes to decision-making, everything you need to make the best choice you already have. So think about on the race course. Think about when things are not going perfectly. So maybe maybe you drop some of your nutrition on the bike or something, and you have to make a quick decision on what to do next. The athlete that doesn't have self-trust will freak out, think their race is done, and throw in the towel because they don't know what to do if they can't ask their coach or their spouse what to do, or if they need reassurance in order to move forward. But the athlete that does have self-trust, now that athlete knows that whatever choice they make in how they handle the drop nutrition will be the best choice considering the position that they're in. They will think at a higher level, knowing that they have all the information they need on how their body responds to certain foods and what's available on course to move forward confidently. The trust we build with ourselves in training is the most important thing And it carries over to the race course and how we handle the ups and downs of racing. So I invite you, I invite you to look for and find ways to build self-trust. It's like a muscle. So build your self-trust muscle. And if I could sum up what the work is that I do with athletes, what what we work on and what I teach them and how they take the work and apply it into their training, it's exactly this. It's really ultimately distills down to increasing their level of trust within themselves. Okay, so that's all on my swim from this morning. (laughs) But in the spirit of trust and finding ways to capitalize on what you already know, today I want to talk about your mental performance across sports. So if you're a multi-sport athlete, which most of my listeners are, this will apply in the context of how you mentally approach each sport. And if you're not a multi-sport athlete, but you participate in a variety of activities, then you can still apply this, of course. You don't have to be competitive at all of the sports to apply what I'm talking about. You just have to see the opportunity to leverage what you're already good at. Okay, so um, here's what I mean. Because I didn't really grow up playing sports, I didn't come into triathlon with like a bias towards one sport in particular. And I didn't definitely didn't have like a competitive advantage. I wasn't a competitive swimmer or a cyclist or a runner prior to starting. And that's, I know that's not true for everyone. A lot of triathletes are single sport athletes first. And then for one reason or another, often injury, they join that triathlon life. (laughs) And if that's you, if you come from a single sport background, it will be easier to kind of pinpoint which sport, which sport we're going to be calling your power sport. This is the sport or discipline you have either more experience in, more confidence in, more trust in yourself, so something like that. It's the sport that 
you know even if things go wrong, you can count on yourself to do what you need to do. So for me, I signed up for my first triathlon when I was training for my first half marathon years and years ago. But when I stuck with it for longer and longer and I signed up for my first 70.3, I had also joined a cycling group to learn how to properly ride a bike. And swimming was kind of only on my radar for like summer hangouts, not really for exercising. But as I developed as a multi-sport athlete, running became my power sport. Not necessarily because I was the fastest, but because of my mindset around it. Even in my early years, I knew that I would always get myself to the finish line. Nothing could make me quit on the run. And then as I got more competitive, it's interesting to see how that evolved into seeing my power as not just the run, but the run off the bike. I am my strongest mentally when my legs are a little bit wobbly off the bike because I have this incredible amount of trust in myself and my body and my training that my body will settle in and I'll get into my groove. So my power sport is the run because of what I believe about myself as an athlete who runs strong off the bike. The harder the run course off the bike, the better for me. The belief I have is rooted in the trust I have. Because by the way, self-belief is self-trust. And that comes in handy on the race course. Because even if things aren't going well or doubt starts to creep in, I don't let it take over. I've gotten hyper curious about why and how I feel so strong running off the bike. Because it's never by accident. It's always downstream from what I believe about myself. And the same is true for you and your power sport. It may not be the run. It may be the run, right? It's, it's different for everyone. Maybe you grew up swimming and you have a huge amount of confidence in the water because you're technically very skilled. Or maybe you started cycling at an early age or you have a deep love of exploring on two wheels so you feel strong in your handling skills and you can really push yourself. Whatever your power sport is, like whichever one is what you would pick and define as your power sport is based on the experience you have in it. And it is not by accident. Your mental endurance in that sport is rooted in the trust you have, which is cemented by the beliefs that you have about your capability in that sport. And the best thing about knowing that, the best thing is you can take that into other sports or the other disciplines in triathlon too. The only reason you don't have the same experience or confidence or trust in yourself in other sports or other disciplines is likely because you're blocking your ability to see that there's a crossover. So for example, like I said, my power sport is the run, or more specifically, the run off the bike. I feel confident that no matter the race, I will bring my best to the run. Now, that's useful in a lot of ways, but I'm a long course triathlete with three sports to do over a very long event. So I don't just want to rely on my self-confidence, my self-trust in the run. I want to carry it throughout the day. I want to feel the same way I feel running off the bike when the gun goes off for the swim or when I'm at the mountain line for the start of the bike. Of course, on the run, I'm not running on clouds the whole time. I have downturns. It's not always going perfectly for me because I'm a human with a human brain and you know there are things outside of my control. But it's so much easier to turn them around because of what I know about my ability to be resilient and focus on the run. And for so long... If I had a downturn on the swim, maybe I wasn't swimming straight or not finding feet or noticing my effort dropping, I would lose steam mentally. I would make all that mean I'm not strong enough yet to do this part well. I'm not, a, I'm not at that level to 
kick off my triathlon on like a high note. I would come out of the water just glad it was over. And then I would experience something pretty similar on the bike. So I was racing a triathlon to get to the run to get to the part where I felt strongest. And much of why I felt the strongest on the run physically was because of how I approached it mentally. And when I saw this for what it was, then I got to work copying and pasting across sports. I've now done it for the swim. And it was so fun to be in that experience at St. George a few weeks ago. I had no fear of me backing down on the effort and just cruising it in because I've done so much work in deciding who I am as a swimmer, that I belong at the pointing out of the swim results, and that I can race strong despite my non-textbook swim stroke. (laughs) And now I'm in the process of making the same happen on the bike. Yes, it takes some time, but the payoff is massive because once you have this level of awareness about yourself, you have it forever. Remember, who you are is who you decide to be. And you bring who you are everywhere you go. The resiliency, the focus, the strength, the confidence, the trust, the courage, and the fun you bring to one sport is available regardless of what you're doing physically. Because you experience those emotions in your body, but they start in your brain. This is like the mental equivalent of doing a sport-specific block to increase fitness, adaptation, and performance right? You get like hyper-focused on one sport to elevate yourself in that area. And then you can copy and paste and you do more of that. And then you expand your ability across multiple dimensions, multiple disciplines. So in this process of training your mind, you must train your mind to see the experience you create in one sport is available in the others too. So stop and get curious and see what do you believe in each specific sport? Where are their similarities and where are their differences? What are, you be- what are you believing that's bringing you closer to your goals? And what are you believing that's moving you further away from your goals? And why? Why are you choosing to believe certain things about yourself in specific sports? If you're like me and running is your power sport, you don't need permission from your watch to tell you you can believe in your strength as a cyclist now. You believe it because it's part of who you are and you see it so clearly when you run. And it's part of what you believe about yourself as a human first and an athlete second. And all of it, all of it comes back to that trust. Trust that you can take what you know, what you believe, who you are across sports. Oh, and by the way, this is not just across sports, but this also applies across differing race distances too. Okay, my friends, that is it for this week. Really take some time to see how you can leverage your power sport. And I'm already so, so excited to bring you the next few weeks of episodes, including my next guest, a very special guest, if I do say so myself. My husband, Danny, will be on the podcast, and I will be talking about what it's looked like for him building mental endurance to tackle his big summer project. It's called the Tahoe Rim Triathlon, and it's just over a month away. Uh, You can Google it, but you won't find anything. (laughs) More on that soon. Until then, keep training your mind to maximize your potential. I will meet you right here next week. Hey, 
It's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.